0: Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. You know who I am. And honey, you know who I be. I'm none other than the fabulous drama, Dupree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, <it's> me.
1: Dupree. <laughs>
0: Hello everybody, it is Wednesday evening here, 7pm, around that time frame to be exact. I am just getting started on recording this podcast and releasing it later on this Wednesday night. Yes, I am running behind. But I'm running behind because of some stuff that's going on at my job. So the supervisor went on vacation, no one else was there to do anything, so that means the bitch has to work 10 to 11 hours a day when I normally only work 7 because I don't because I don't, because I don't take a lunch. So a bitch has been busy. But anyway, with that being said, we're going to dive right into today's podcast. I do not have any open like a news updates for you all. I'm sure more of the same foolishness has been going on. Folks are stealing, getting caught on video camera. Folks are sleeping with other folks' husbands. And I'm sure some fucker was going on in somebody's church. Can I get an amen? Now, I do want to dive into some um, social media questions that some people had posed to me. And so I'm going to read some of these questions Uh, To you all and then I'm going to reply So question number one is Can you enlighten us straight girls On all the gay lingo All the gay lingo Girl no Too much to think of So she broke it down for me and she says Why do you call us fish Why a straight boy is called Trade So (laughs) the first part is I don't know the official history of those terms But to me it makes sense In this way So living in Atlanta, Georgia, in the very beginning of the time frame when I lived there, I realized something when my brother one day called me up and said, hey, can you introduce me to some girls? And I was like, sure. He said, because every time I turn around, you're you're in a picture with a pretty girl. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. But then there was a problem with that because all the girls in my pictures were actually transsexuals and there were no cisgendered girls in any of the pictures that my brother had seen. So the reason I think we call girls fish is because of this, because being around the trans girls, we call them girls. And so when, we, when we're when we talking with our friends and we're like, oh, you know, she's one of the girls. And so it's automatically understood that she's a transsexual. And so when you're speaking with somebody else and they say, oh, she's one, you know, like she's one of the girls. And then someone who doesn't know any know about the trans girls or that life, of the gay subculture, then they're like, "What? Well, what do you mean? She's a girl? Is she like, uh, uh what they like to say? Is she a real woman, or like, what is she?" So then, I do believe we started saying "fish" to just say that she's, um, that she's fish, that she's a you know cisgender uh, female, and then we took that and said, and you know, tweaked it a little bit and said, "Oh no, girl, you know, she's real fishy," and that means that she's very feminine. Uh And so but for some odd reason People think that it means anything related To like the smell of um, a, a Vagina and all that kind of stuff For gay men fish and fishy Has nothing to do with the Smell of your vagina Trust me the majority of us, of us Are not interested in The smell of your vagina So it's strictly just to different, differentiate You from uh, transgen- Transgendered girls and Cisgendered girls that's it As far as trade is concerned Trade was told to me that, that back in the day it was trade became um a noun when at first it was a verb. So I think I hope that's right. So it was, I'm giving you something and you're giving me something so we're making it even uh trade for services. Um and then it became a noun to mean that, oh, he is trade. So back in the day, me and my friends I used to say, Oh, well, good. you know he trade because you know, gay lingo wasn't as popular as it has been since the reality TV shows start giving all the dirt away, so you could be around the people and be like, "Oh girl, you know, no, 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 that's trade, bitch." And I remember one time when me and my friends were on the on the um, I was sitting on our front porch in front of my house, and there was two other girls out there, and we were just talking about, "Bitch, I want to munch on some trade, bitch." Like, "Oh, I need some trade," and the girls were like, and one girl was like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Girl, just a snack," and so but unbeknownst to us bitch her friend knew exactly what the fuck trade was because she knew i think her uncle was gay or somebody in her family was gay so she knew all the gay lingo so then one day we heard her talking about girl i guess we're gonna get together and go ride around for some trade in columbus georgia too bitch you should have saw the side eyes we had gave that and then we quickly dispersed from that little situation we were in so that's where the word trade um, comes from now the second question is: How was your first encounter? How old were you? How did you know you was gay too? Um, oh, that's a lot of questions in for number two. So my first sexual encounter was with a guy named Norman. What was Norman's? Last? I can't remember Norman's last name. But Norman was from uh, Camp Hill, Alabama, and he used to work with my stepdad. He was about, I guess Norman was about a year or two older than me, and that was like my first gay experience um and it was consensual how old and i was in the sixth or seventh grade sixth grade how old and how did you know you was gay how did i know i was gay so growing up i always knew i was attracted to boys however that was shunned upon so you had to be attracted to girls so i always had like a play play girlfriend and even the girls that thought they were my girlfriends they were really just um what do you call it? Um, What do you call it when you have a girlfriend, but she's not? Um, Oh, God, what is that called? It's not bait. It's a beard. They were my beard. Even in elementary school, when I didn't know what they were, and they didn't know what they were, they were really just my beard. So uh, I I knew exactly what to call myself. Like I said in the past before, I know exactly what to call myself from watching a, a special on PBS about homosexuality. Um, This is a question number three. You never fully went into why you started to dress like a boy. Um, I get it was because your mom was sick, but after you left, you continued to dress like a boy. was it just out of habit and routine um and we know you love a routine, but you know I love a routine <laughs> okay so so I talked about this before, so um in nineteen ninety eight ninety nine and two thousand a part of two thousand one in ninety eight ninety nine I started transitioning into into being a girl quote unquote, and so I was you know living every day as as a girl with the nails and the hair and things of that nature and so when my mom got sick, I popped the nails, cut the hair because they didn't like my folks always knew I was feminine, but my folks did not know that i had was on my way to you know to go get surgery for my like go get top surgery for my chest like if my mother wouldn't have called me that week i would be in I would have been in San Francisco, California, getting my breast done, like me and my lover at the time had planned this like he was paying for this. But my mother had called, and she was sick, and it, after we had a family discussion, it was decided that since I was the only one who was not tied down with a family, that I could actually uproot myself and go stay with her because of her uh, medical conditions at the time. So once I moved to Birmingham, Alabama, I put away my girl clothes for about a year or so. I thought about two years, actually. About about two, three, yeah, about two years, two or three years or so. And then I met my good girlfriend named um, Trinity Chevalier Black. And Trinity um, convinced me into getting up in drag one night. And I know exactly what I had on. So I had on this very, 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 very short wrap dress with some tan boots, um, a big Afro wig with that braids that went across the front and a Louis Vuitton, big Louis Vuitton bag. And I ended up going to Club 21 at the time. And so um, the bug had been re, the I had got big by the the girl, quote unquote, the girl bug again. So every weekend or every other weekend, after that, now I start dressing like a girl, going out to the clubs. But I never dressed like a girl, at, at, dressed like a girl, while at work and in my regular daily life. And then eventually, after about two two years of that, I actually got tired of doing drag, so to speak. So I called Miss Trinidad over one day. I called Miss Trinidad. I said, "Girl, all uh, my drag stuff is either going Go to Goodwill. or You need to come and get it." So she actually came and picked up all my drag stuff. And come to think of it, I actually did the same thing with all of my stuff from um my fashion design school cuz i had a lot of um tools and stuff from when i went to school for fashion design so i actually ended up calling um um Kennedy well Anthony um and telling Anthony that hey i know you're in fashion design school and i you and i remember you saying how you didn't have the right equipment and things of that nature so you can actually come over to my house and get all of my stuff from uh, fashion design school when i was in fashion design school and just for those of you who do not know who Anthony is Anthony was actually one of the guys who was on um God, what was Anthony on? Um, the show, the fashion design show with Heidi Klum and uh, Tim, um, and I think Anthony's name on Instagram is Anthony So So Anthony or something like that. But anyway, I end up giving him all. I end up giving Miss Trinity all my dragon. I end up giving Anthony all of my uh, tools for fashion design school because I like I purge my life throughout the whole year. Like I don't believe in clutter and I don't believe in like having a lot of unnecessary stuff. If I don't use it within six months, I get rid of it. I either donate it to a, to some uh, organization or I call a friend and say, hey God, I'm no longer using this. Do you want it? So um, that was that. So once I gave away that stuff, I just never had the desire to go out and drag again because let me tell you something. When you get done up and drag, you have to have on girdles up under your clothes you have to have oh he was cute bitch. oh okay i'm sorry i got sidetracked by the boy i saw um you have to have on girdles you have to have on a gaff to hold your tuck in place you have to have and me being a classy woman i had on stockings at all motherfucking time of the year until miss trinidad ain't there talking she was like girl why do you wear stockings everywhere you go and i was like girl because i'm a woman um, I'm gonna class now you know I'm a to class the lady bitch. I don't believe in going out bare leg. And she's like, Girl, we are literally just going down the road to the club, like you do not have to wear this. So eventually I stopped wearing stockings and started wearing like open toe shoes, not open toe shoes, strappy sandals and all that kind of stuff. Cause I always believed in the um pointy toe heels and things of that nature. So the bitch ended up talking about not into just you know, just making sure that you know the bitch legs were waxed for the gods and then wearing going bare leg. But um, like and then you have on ten pounds of makeup and then you have on a twenty-pound Happy that thing. No, he is cute. Oh, <laughs> let me see the, Oh, he didn't hear me. Um. So yeah. So that's the note. That's how that came about. And but now it's like when as I see all of these guys doing drag and making a name for themselves and getting bookings and things of that nature, it is really making me think that I want to start doing drag again and re and reintroducing some of these characters that I used to be. From back in the day, like, bitch, I need, I, bitch, I need to reintroduce Miss Thunder Kitty Von Oxenberg Dupree. I need to reintroduce um Onyx um, Von Oxenberg. And people of that nature. So, bitch, do not be surprised if you see me in and out of Georgia. And all of a sudden, I pop up on Instagram with a 22-inch weave. With my eyebrows done, my face beat, and I have on some nails. I'm just saying, don't be motherfucking surprised. But do know that whatever outfit you see me in, bitch, I am pulled and tucked for the motherfucking gods. Um, let me see. Talk about your experience first dating a drug dealer. I really already talked about that on a previous podcast. Um, and so I never, and so it says, and how did you approach him? I never actually approached him, he approached me, and I I was willing. Um, another question was, please do a YouTube video on giving the boys the look since you never got to see it on Roomies. (laughs) Excuse me. Okay, so I'm actually going to do a video on, um, on the look that I give straight boys to let them know that, that, you know, like I'm cool with you and you cool with me. And if you want me to have you, it's okay. And things of that nature. So yeah, so bitch, that was that. Those are all the questions that I have. If you have any questions for me, hit me up on Instagram. I respond quicker on Instagram and Facebook than I will on Twitter. Um, I do respond on Twitter, but it may be like a four or five uh, and I'm done with burning Bots. Oh, girl, Miss Tron is texting me with her shaded ass, honey. I still want y'all to hashtag Tron because some of y'all didn't and some of y'all didn't. If you're listening to this podcast, I need you to hashtag Tron and say, where is Lily Mae? So let me give you the update on Lily May while I'm texting Tron. Let me see, respond. Girl, whatever. Um, she was with Hillary first. Then she knew better. Okay, so Lily Mae escaped from the house. Um, so this is what I actually t- t- texted about today in the group in our group text message. So I went to go visit Tron because again Tron does not come and visit me, and it's been like a month or so since I actually seen him And since I had business dealings over in near his neighborhood. I said, "Well, girl, stop by and say hi." So I stopped by and say hi, and I saw the um uh, the I saw Jace and I saw the other new dog who's at the house. So the other new dog is a female dog. She looks like a Maltese. Sh- a Maltese and Shih Tzu mix. She's actually very cute. Uh, she's black and white, just like Lila Mae was, and um, she's really sweet. She really is a sweet girl. So, uh, and since there's a possibility that that I may end up with her, I want to go check out her temperament. Really nice girl. Like she doesn't bark or anything like that. She wants you to. She gives you her stomach, which lets you know that she's not aggressive and that she trusts you. Because if a dog gives you their stomach, that's like the weakest part on, on their body. And that means that I trust you. So when I met her, she rolled over on her back and wanted me to rub her belly and all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. So we had a great meeting. But then I thought about it. I said, you know what? This little bitch is conniving. I said, because I think this girl, the girl with no name is the name, is is what we call the dog because she technically does not have a name. So the girl with no name, the dog with no name, hashtag the dog with no name. I actually told Tron and the group, I said, I actually believe that the dog with no name Actually, set Lily May's ass up. And I think she probably saw Lily May and Jace through the fence and thinking that they were happy dogs living a fabulous life, not knowing that they were probably thirsty and hungry. And she had her dog trade piece to trick Lily May because when Troy got home, the dog, he didn't like run through the neighborhood to find these dogs. His ass actually pulled up to his house and the dogs were sitting at the front door. And all he, and they didn't run away when he walked toward them. And all he had to do was open up his door and they walked gracefully into the house. And there were no issues with the dogs that were already, already living there, Lily Mae and Jace. And everybody greeted each other and everything was fine. Fast forward two to three weeks later and all of a sudden, uh, the Tray Chihuahua has talked Lily Mae into crossing over the gate and let's run down the road together. So then, so that's when I told you all that Lily Mae was missing. So about a week after that, guess who was found online? Lillie Mae dis- had been dropped off at a dog shelter in Henderson, which is right next to Las Vegas. And when we went to go find out about her, uh, I like, actually like planned to go get- see her and things of that nature. She had been removed from the website. And when we called to check on her, we were getting the runaround about Lily Mae, and we, were, we never got a, a response um, about how to come and get her. Like, they told us how to come and get her, but when we was like, okay, we're on our way, and things of that nature, they stopped responding, like, stopped answering phone calls and all that kind of stuff. So, in my head, and in my dream of dreams, I'm sure she was adopted by a great family who actually wanted a, a poodle, a black and white poodle. And Lily Mae is just she sweetest wanna be. Is she a little crazy? Yes, she's a Leo. The bitch was born August the 5th on Kylie Jenner's birthday. That's why Tron named her Kylie, but her real name is Lily May. And she was a Jewish woman from New Jersey. So, So that's what I'm hoping Lily May is. But I still think it was a setup because like this black and white dog has literally moved into Lily May's house. She sleeps in the bed with Tron. She sleeps in the crate with Jace. She's eating and she's thriving and she's drinking water and eating, like she's eating Lily May's food. She's drinking Lily May's water. She's laying with Lily May's men. And Lily May was like talked into running the streets with this trade piece who had sold her the dream of freedom and a lie. And and I believe trade piece went back to his house and Lily May was just left on the tr- fucking streets because why would they only get Lily May if they saw them and Lily May was following this trade piece chihuahua? That means that the trade piece had to leave her somewhere. It's like, hey, girl, I'm going out for cigarettes. I'll be right back. Like you fucking left Lily May. And then when we contacted the jail to go bail Lily Mae out, it was like the bitch had been taken to Rikers and had been lost in in the Rikers prison system and no one knew where the fuck she was. So that's why I still want you all to actually tweet, like tweet, go to Tron's comments page and, and like at him and say, where is Lily Mae? Because I still need some fucking answers. Either from Tron or that new black and white bitch at the house who probably in the world. I think I'm actually gonna go get the bitch when tron goes to uh, bali and just go take her to get groomed and stuff and just move her in with me because i do want a dog i do want a companion now with that being said i have an update about um the dog that i had that i was sharing with you all on instagram and facebook so a little bit over a month ago i had purchased a yorkie um and normally if you know me i like to go through breeders but I think because i was in such a lonely state i didn't a lonely state of mind i didn't go through a breeder i actually found somebody on craigslist pick a mistake so for about a week or so everything was fine um the dog's name was dash everything was fine and then all of a sudden one day at work we noticed that dash was stumbling and i was like oh well maybe it's just because it was hot and so i took him back into the office and then i noticed that he was he was um stumbling in the office and i was like. Oh, okay, so well, maybe he's just tired. So then I brought him home, and then the next that Saturday morning, he was really, really sick. So I, uh, um, I saw, I, saw, you know, uh, fed him, fed him some food, on um, by hand, gave him some water, and things of that nature. And then later on that evening, he got worse. So then I began to panic. So I took him to the vet. And so they ran the test that they could, but could to find out that they really didn't know anything, because I thought I thought, oh well, maybe it's parva, and if I catch it soon enough, then there won't be an issue. But there was an issue, because he, they gave me some medicine um, and told me to give him the medicine, and then that Sunday morning, he got sicker, and I began to panic. So I took him back to the vet, and this time we were at the vet for four hours. And they still could not find out what was wrong with him. Like they gave him, um, they gave him fluids and they gave him, um, medicine and things of that nature. And that did not help. And he ended up passing at the vet. So, um, so that's what happened to dash. And I was fucking devastated. Like I had, I didn't realize how much I had relied on this dog's company in the two weeks I had him. Because I like when he when when he didn't come home with me, like I still heard him in my like in my head. I still heard him like I knew I left him at the vet for them to um, lay him to rest and all that kind of stuff. But in my head, I still heard him and it fucked with me for like a week or two that that I'm still hearing this dog that I know is not here. And so, and like, I, you know, my mom called me and she could tell something wrong and I was told her that the dog had passed and and I started to cry on the phone with my mom and she was like, it'll be okay. You can go get another dog. And I was like, no, I don't want another dog. I'm never getting a pet again. And she said, you said that, but I know how much you love animals and stuff like that. And I was just really devastated by the whole experience. So I'll say this. So never go to get a dog on Craigslist. I would never get a dog on Craigslist ever again. And I would advise you not to do the, do the same. I would advise you to do the same, to not deal with people on Craigslist. Uh, but I got so excited because I found the dog In the area that was on Craigslist Because every other dog that I found was in like uh, Maine or Mexico And I'm like why the fuck are you advertising in Vegas Bitch you ain't even on this coast And then you're not even in this fucking country But I had got excited because I had found a, a quote unquote Breeder in the area <sighs> That turned out to be foolishness and fuckery So then uh, So with that being said That's where I am So Dash uh, may he rest in peace is no longer with me And I may end up with um New black and white um, Designer mixed breed that Tron has I'm trying to think of a name So I can go steal it with those two to Bali And if he's listening to this Yes I'm going to steal your dog while you're in fucking Bali And there's not a thing you can do about it Because you'll be in Bali Anyway we're going to take a musical break here I want you to get into these motherfucking tunes Because bitch I'm about to talk about Atlanta Pride And my experience and history With that bullshit It was around 1995, I believe. I'm not exactly sure of the year. It could have been 90s, mm-hmm. but no, it's about 94, 95. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Fuck bitch. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, um, but it was the first time I had noticed that a, that a national news organization, CNN, had actually covered Atlanta's Gay Pride Parade. Now it was me and my grandmother in her kitchen when it flashed across her TV screen. Watching that news segment with Jenny Mosley discussing being gay in America while my grandmother made either a blackberry pie, a peach cobbler, or a 7-Up pound cake was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to sit through in my entire life. Like bitch, I was nervous as fuck. Because in my head, I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, I wonder she gonna say something like Well, why you ain't there? Who are all them people going to hell? who? that's a sin for them to be marching and they gay because my grandmother was very religious. But I would learn later that my grandmother was actually one of my biggest allies as it related to me being gay. Now, later on that day, me and my my good Judy Sal discussed the Pride Parade being shown on CNN. And I believe he was the one that actually told me that one of his older brothers made a comment that if anyone in Opelika who had left to go to Atlanta that weekend was probably gay because of the gay pride parade that he too had seen. on CNN. So for at least two years, so this had to be around 93 when I had moved back from Atlanta from being uh, a criminal. So at least for two years or so after that, we made sure that during uh, Gay Pride Month, especially dealing with the city of Atlanta, that we were at home in Opelika, Alabama. Now, mind you, everybody in Opelika knew we were gay. So what, who the hell we were hiding from, I have no idea. Now, during this time, there was not a Black Gay Pride parade taking place in Atlanta. Now, a few Black gay community leaders did try to organize the largest insurgence of Black gay men in Atlanta, in Atlanta during Labor Day weekend, but they failed. They did try, but they failed. They actually were going to call the event um Afrogal, which stood for the African-American Organization of Gays and Lesbians. They even had a drag pageant planned around this event to like bring everybody together within the community, because at that time, you know, we were all as one side note. Piedmont Park used to be so much more fun back in the 90s you could actually drive your cars through certain areas in the park park your cars and blast house music all fucking day long and back then we were on a strict party schedule it was the park from noon until five then we would leave the park around five or six Head over to the Mexican restaurant that was up the road from the park and have cocktails and tacos. Then you would go home for a couple of hours and get some rest. And then you would head to Loretta's. This, of course, course, all took place on a Sunday. So those are the days that I really do miss because we were all one people. We were a community. We were a unit and we supported each other no matter what. Okay, now back on track. Now, once me and my good Judy realized that the black gay kids gathered in Atlanta during Labor Day weekend, we began making trips to Atlanta just for that day to partake in the foolishness. Bitch, the music, the scene, the kids, the atmosphere, it was everything. And we were as one with each other. Back then, there was only one nightclub per night. Like Saturday nights was the hottest nights. It was at Tracks. Track was Tracks was then located on three o six Lucky Street, or you may know it today by uh, you may know it today by um, the Georgia Aquarium. So where the Georgia Aquarium sits in Atlanta, Georgia now, is actually the former and original uh, Atlanta Tracks. Um, like the club was packed during that weekend, during that Labor Day weekend, those Saturday nights. It was packed inside like it like it was a it was a three level club. They used to have a basketball court outside and then they would have a tent behind that in the parking lot behind that because it was such an overflow of people. But the best place to be was actually outside the club hanging out in the road because back then the police did not actually bother you. You could walk through the streets drinking your cocktails, the kids are walking through the streets, streets smoking their drugs, smoking their drugs smoking their pot. And the police did not fuck with you. Unlike now, bitch, you are seen hanging out outside the club, bitch. They just like, bitch, you get arrested and you go to jail for fucking loitering. But back then, the kids were cruising through the streets in their drop tops. She was walking through the streets. She was saying hey to friends from other cities. We were meeting new people. The music from inside the club was our backdrop because the, the sound system was amazing and you heard everything. It was it was magical to me like those it was just a magical moment and keep in mind this was something that was not organized it was just labor day weekend and every damn body excuse me and everybody had the damn weekend off so bitch, why not go to atlanta and live it up so then in comes the party promoters and i can't knock a businessman for being a businessman because bitch, they saw an opportunity and they pounced on it Ugh with that being said they did bring in more variety of venues and they tried to organize better events and things of that nature but with the influx of promoters there began to be a separation within the community because certain promoters didn't allow like the drag girls into their clubs and they didn't allow the females into their clubs, or so they charged more then certain people then uh, certain clubs were trying to establish the new york uh, way of letting people into the clubs so then you have people actually going who worked at the club that would come out into the line and pull out the butchest looking boys in the club but bitch if i'm the butchers looking boy i'm just the butchest looking boy that doesn't does not that does not mean i'm the butchest boy i just look the butchest out of my group of friends we all probably film cut boots down i just the one that had on Tim's that fucking day and so they tried to implement shit like that so like when the scene changed i said well maybe it's because i was older And around this time, I was running with a different crowd. And it just became, it became less about meeting new people and more about who can I hook up with from this weekend? Now, don't get me wrong, bitch, I did my dirt too. But unlike my friends, it wasn't my weekend mission to hook up. It was my mission to make connections and be seen as a fabulous gay personality, which I was. You know, during that time of the year when all the kids from all around the United States of America and those countries that touched our lovely states and some people from overseas would actually come to Atlanta to partake in Atlanta. Um, Gay Pride it's as it began to be known. But with the change at the club, that means that we started hanging less in the clubs.
2: And started cruising the fucking I was so fucking it's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. So <laughs> it's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. It's <laughs> time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. You later
0: Yes, my friends at the time were heavily into cruising Piedmont Park at night and they hated when I rode with their ass because I was the bitch who would stay in the car and blow the horn once an hour had passed. Or I was the bitch that was walking through the park calling you out by your legal name um when i'm trying to find you because i would give the kiss an hour and at that time bitch i didn't give two fucks when i was ready to go home i was motherfucking ready to go home and yes you can say oh miss brianna or miss drama girl you were spoiled i was spoiled rotten and since i was uncomfortable from waiting in that fucking car for you to go to the motherfucking park and suck random dicks that night i was uncomfortable and bitch you was going to be uncomfortable too there was going to be no dicks for you to suck that motherfucking night and I know what you're saying to yourself, girl, how could you do this when you would ride around town in Opelika in Columbus, Georgia, all night in the Mustang and in the choking? And I guess my answer to that would be because I didn't like gay men. I liked men who were confused about their sexuality and it was up for me, I'm sorry, it was up to me to make them really see that they were gay. And gay men in the park already knew they were gay. So there was no mission for me in the park. I remember this one time during a Pride event and I was riding home with my roommates and they wanted to stop at Piedmont Park. I gave them the usual one hour. Now, one of my roommates made his way back to the car because he knew I was ab- it was about time for me to start acting a damn fool. But that other damn roommate, the roommate who loved to push my buttons, clearly didn't give two fucks about me and my foolish antics baby I was bunching through that park, calling him out by his government name and his motherfucking ass never answered but I would soon find out that about why he did not answer as soon as I got to the pier on the lake I saw why this negro was sucking more dicks than the law allowed there was actually a line formed for my roommate to suck your dick now at first when I saw the line I was like oh this must be some gay outreach program, and the kids are waiting on condoms. No, ma'am, honey. The kids were waiting to get their dick sucked by the legendary head sucker uh, by the Queen of the South, my motherfucking roommate. Bitch, me and my other roommate were speechless. This bitch literally had a line formed for him to suck dicks. Those boys were in a single file line as if they were in elementary school waiting on my roommate's hot mouth. Bitch, I couldn't. I called out my motherfucking roommate's name and his ass still did not answer. Now, mind you, I didn't walk to the front of the line because I didn't want anybody to know that that was my roommate. So I stayed kind of in the back of the line. Now, eventually, he did stop sucking the dicks. And I was calling out his name throughout the... So, bitch, I was probably calling out his... I whispering out his name. Like girl, like, girl, girl, girl. Like, you know how we do, bitch. Um, so, the reason the bitch stopped was because the sun was beginning to come up. So now, if you're on the street, walking on the sidewalk, and looking to the park, you could actually see into the park. Now, bitch, if you knew me back then, and if I did not get my way, I would let your motherfucking ass know I was pissed beyond reproach. And I would make your life miserable, at least for a week. And since he was my roommate, that was very easy for me to do. So what I would do was when he would have the boys coming over to the house, thinking that he was boy trade down, I would actually call him by his girl name that I had made up for him. And he, out of habit, would respond. Now, back, now, this is a time when if you even possessed an ounce of femininity, you were already considered to be one of the girls. This is like when uh, hip-hop was at its highest and there was all this pseudo-masculine shit going on within the the communities, even in the gay communities and things of that nature. And then I even took it a step farther. So I would take my drag clothes, like my shoes and a couple of wigs and a couple of dresses, and I would throw it on the other side of the bed up against the wall. So when the boys came in, that's normally where they would sit. So it would look like that my roommate was trying to hide his drag stuff in the in under his bed and so the dates never worked out and so the boys would be in his room for like 10-15 minutes then all of a sudden the boys would have to go and so my roommate so eventually i would tell my roommate "I said uh-huh remember when you fucked me over in the park and they'd be like girl you still on there i said oh yeah girl that's why your piece left because you thought you did drag and i would go on her bed and go pick up my drag stuff but bitch me being me and how hard-headed i am i still did not learn my lesson from hanging with them fools during Pride because the same shit would happen for years but at various places throughout the city. Once I was stuck on Cypress Street while them hoes ran up and down Cypress playing with the boys. Then once I was stuck in a car full of queens cruising um down through downtown Atlanta while they tried to pick up boys and all I'm saying to myself it was never supposed to be like this. Like, whatever happened to us just hanging out during Pride events to have fun? When did Pride become a fine a dick to suck holiday mission? I mean, really? Eventually I was tired of attending any and all pride events. I had been clubbing after all since I was like 14 years old and because the scene had changed so much, I had gotten older and the younger kids had gotten on my last damn nerves. And the music was different and the cost at the door was 20 times higher than it should be. And I was never one to think that because I was somewhat known that that automatically afforded me to get into the clubs for free and I didn't have to wait in line. I cannot stand those people who think they are so damn important they can't stand in a line. Bitch, what have you done for the community besides show up in your stunted clothes and stunted car or screwed everyone at the door that affords you the gay celebrity status? Let me think about that. Oh, I don't even have to think that long. Not a motherfucking thing. That's what affords you the status. I can honestly say that I don't believe I have attended a Pride event since 2008 or 9, when I spoke on a panel about LGBT rights and ace in our community. And and I really still did not even consider that, considering, well, I guess it was because it was Labor Day weekend and there was actually a committee for a committee that had formed. And with that being said, let me say this. I do wish. Um, that. There is more of attendance among the LGBT youth at, at events that are trying to educate us about things that are going on with our community. Just like the kids show up at the clubs um, when it's free before 11 o'clock or the kids show up at the club because you got a text message or a tweet that says 50% I'll let you get in in the club for half off or some shit like that. Like like the way the kids show up at the clubs to party and punk, I'm going to need the kids to start showing up at at events that actually talk about the progression of the LGBT community. The club is cute and I get it. I, I was all for the club and I still am for the club because I believe it's a safe safe haven somewhere for us to go. But at the same time, I'm gonna need them motherfuckers to show up for some other shit that really motherfucking now You might be thinking why is there even a black gay pride and like many things um black oriented is because we weren't invited to sit down at the dinner table when pride was being discussed so we had to make a seat at the table for ourselves and then they the powers that be that held pride didn't want to feed us individually i remember when they started to invite the black kids to pride events and yes there was an unofficial invitation and it goes like this It was through the drag girls. The black drag girls had started winning pageants that were normally won by white girls. Um, And so the Pride Committee at that time had no choice but to recognize the black gay community through the drag girls. And this happened. I'm sorry. After this happened, the black girls were then invited to perform on the main stage in the middle of Piedmont Park. And the main stage is like. It's sort of like a concert stage Like it's a huge fucking It's a huge thing And so of course when the black drag girls Like the Raquel Lord Like it was Raquel Lord, Naisha Dupree uh, Jasmine Bonet um, Nicole Love Dupree um, Oh god I feel like I'm leaving Stasa Sanchez Like it was those girls So when those girls would get invites They got invites individually and of course, with them, you know, with the kids supporting th- those girls individually, like the the you could see the difference for when those girls started getting invited to the to perform at the main stage on in Piedmont Park to how the black kids showed up to support in fucking groves. And we did this for years. But then there was a shift. Instead of the black girls getting booked individually, or shall I say uh, instead of the black girls who performed at black gay clubs, uh, getting booked individually, all of a sudden they were they were asked to perform a production. So this means that all the top named black girls who performed at the gay black clubs were told, "Hey, can you all just combine like combine and get together and do one number instead of us having to book you individually?" But the white girls who were at the clubs that also had cast were still booked individually. Oh, excuse me. So eventually the girl, the black girl stopped performing at pride events. I don't know if some of them are still get invites to this day. I know a lot of them do not. Cause they just like, like to me and to them, when you tell me to like combine my talents with the other, with a lot of other girls, but you don't do the same to the white girls. Like that's a slap in the face. And I took it as a slap in the face. And then the black girls took it as a slap in the face, especially when the black girls Were like major pageant title holders So and within the black gay community There are drag pageants And these drag pageants are a big deal Because it makes a political statement About uh, the winner And then there are platforms that the winner has to go out And promote and things of that nature. So winning pageants was a big deal So, And if it's a major pageant it's even a bigger deal And since the black girls are winning the major pageant titles It was like, like You didn't ask this of the white girl who won last year And then bitch after me you didn't ask this of the white girl Who won the year after me But the year I won, all of a sudden I have to do a production. Now what's funny to me about all of this is that for what the white uh, kids did concerning Pride and the the girls and, and the drag girls and all that kind of stuff, the black gay promoters took it a step further by not even extending an invitation to the girls to perform on any fucking stage. For the most part, Pride had shifted yet again. And the promoters had started had stopped booking our talent and started booking reality stars who stole from the black gay culture to promote their own careers. Case in point, I like to call them all the Nene Leaks of reality TV. Now, I know a lot of you like, like Miss Nene Leaks, but let's keep it motherfucking real. Nene was not as fabulous as she is now as she was when she first hit the motherfucking TV screen. And if you look at season one of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, you'll see that. Miss Thine didn't start changing until she actually got with a transsexual stylist who started helping her pick out her clothes and gave her a new haircut. Who, by the way, Miss Nene actually blocked from being on the show. That's where Derek J and Miss Lawrence came in because Miss Nene didn't want her stylist at the time to have any airtime on TV because her stylist was transsexual and she was absolutely motherfucking fabulous. So, with that being said, it now seems that we are still on this reality TV show, Diva Bitches Clit. And I cannot fucking stand it. Why would you book a bitch who is not here for my community unless a check is involved? Where they do that at? Oh, in Atlanta. They do it in D.C. And I'm sure they do it in several other motherfucking cities. I'm sure. But I have an issue with that. Because I am booking bitches who only show up when I am paying you. But when my community needs you to speak out for us, you don't say shit for us at all. You don't say shit on our, and we're not asking you to take your platform and make it a gay platform. But if some shit go down, I'm going to need you to motherfucking speak out. When the shootings in Orlando happened, I told the internet to see which celebrities, who we had actually booked at gay pride events. Like, what did they have to say? And the majority of the motherfuckers said nothing at all. But guess what? I bet you those same bitches are still getting booked and their albums are still being purchased. I have a fucking issue with that, which reminds me. I actually need to check Jill Scott's social media accounts as well as Miss Erica Balduz to see what they actually had to say about the Orlando shooting, if anything. Because if you did not say anything about the Orlando shooting, I'm gonna have a big motherfucking issue with you and I may have to go in through, go in or go in on your ass on social media because and I have no issue with you clapping back at me because bitch I'm gonna clap right motherfucking back. I love those two women to death. But I need you to acknowledge the shit that had actually happened. Because what I'm not going to do is strictly listen to music from Brandy. Who did speak up when the Orlando shootings actually happened and posted videos and images on her Instagram page um, when the Orlando shootings happened? As J.B. much as I J.B. love Brendan and some of her music. Oh, girl, until you God. go into the Neo song realm, I'm not gonna be able to deal with you like that on my
2: day Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. You and my husband. Uh, girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. Girl, I'll house you. You in my hut now. When you're in my hut you know what's up let your mind be free Green like your body jump jump a little higher jump jump until you get tired how's your body house your body how's your body to the base i'll see it all over the place don't let nobody in your way tonight's your night today your day africa will sit you wrong Say what? House music all night long Say what? House music all night long Say what? House music all night long music all night long I house you don't you know I house you don't you know that I I house you you and my husband don't you know that You. Don't you know? I house how you. How I you know? I house I you. I house you. You and my now. Text, 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 text do what you do. go on, girl and act the no need to play cool So be. that
0: was my Atlanta gay pride experience. I grew up a little boy who was scared to actually leave his town when Atlanta gay Pride actually took place to being a boy who was, Enthralled in love with and lust with the um the connection that black gay men had before a price tag and a lusting whole factor was put on black gay pride. And I hope and pray that one day we get back to that point where as we can all actually get together and just be one with each other. Now, with that being said, I do know that there are smaller events that take place throughout the year, like ski trip weekends and weekends in the mountains and things of that nature, or a group of friends that get together and travel. I miss that. And actually, that's where I am now. So like if I had the time and had the money and things of that nature, I would actually go on a trip with my friends or gather with some friends. And just have a good time because, like I said, bitch, Atlanta Pride and many other Prides throughout the U.S. have changed so motherfucking drastically that it's just not the same to me anymore. It's like, yeah, you got the girls who wear pumps, but none of them run through the streets like Miss London used to do um, back um at three or six Lucky Street with a pair of um what that bitch be- that bitch used to have on a cut up wife beater and a pair of underwear that had like Superman on it and a pair of motherfucking pumps and that bitch would run through the streets fabulous as fuck in my eyes. And uh, and now mind you, this not London Dela, I think is Dela Lucia or, or something of that nature. Um is now living her life as a trans an open trans woman. And but back in the day, she was a flaming queen who attended Morehouse University or college or whatever Morehouse is. And so, and all of her fabulous, fabulousness and things of that nature. And all the drag girls will come out and support and all the boys and the club kids will come out, because back then it was all about club kids and the club kids will come out and support and I was out there supporting and there was just a community of people and we all were supporting each other across the board. And then somewhere along the way, there was, it was a motherfucking shift and I need us to shift back to the support system that we once had with each other and stop making everything about a motherfucking competition and stop making everything about a motherfucking dick. Everything ain't about a dick. Love the dicks. Trust and believe. A bitch loves a dick. However, my life is not about just trying to get dicks at all points throughout my whole life. But with that being said, this brings this podcast to a motherfucking close. I want to thank you guys for supporting me in my endeavors. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did or if you didn't, send me a comment. On Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Like I said, I'll respond quicker to Facebook and Instagram than I will to Twitter. But I will respond on Twitter as well. You can send me a private message on Instagram. And I will respond. It may be late because I still have to remember what that little red sign means up in that top right hand corner. But a bitch will respond. And if it doesn't cost you too much trouble, I want you to share this episode of my podcast. I'm trying to figure out what episode is this. Because I recorded an episode, but I never actually put it out because of the people that were talked about on the podcast I might actually release it secretly so you may all be able to hear that but anyway with that being said follow me on all my social media platforms everything is up on the drama Dupree I'm still trying to get into this snapchat shit I just don't know how to fucking do it since I'm at my job and they are really strict on what you actually release from your job concerning social media I mean since I'm at my job a majority of the day and they don't like you releasing shit from your job anyway with that being said love you guys um i want you bitches to get up snap twirl walk it out and enjoy this track and remember i enjoy entertaining each and every one of you and i hope you enjoy me too once again i am drama dupree and i thank you Uh, (laughs) you